Welcome to the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. The Sports Bros Podcast, by the fan, for the fan, talking sports just the way you like it. And without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros. It's another fine, wonderful, and chilly Tuesday here, and you know what that means. It's time, once again, for your favorite sports podcast, none other than the Sports Bros Podcast. I'm your host, the HOC here, the head of creative, Eddie Cool here at the Sports Bros Podcast. I'm not going to ramble too much because we want to talk sports. You don't hear nothing about my personal life because it ain't that happening, trust me. With that being said, I have not only one, but two of the best co-hosts in the world. Introducing first, the almighty B-Live. What's happening? What's going on in the world today? Um, I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way. Um, screw you guys. I'm going home. I'm so a little hurt about the Army-Navy game. Um, yeah, and so we don't have much when it comes to college football. We're getting into the bowl season. But yeah, I would have liked a little victory, um, a little go Navy beat Army, but it didn't happen. Congratulations! Occasional pass Scott. play. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just one. Just please, Lord. <laughs> but yeah, I, I digress. I digress. Go ahead and introduce the other guy. Let's keep it rolling. I'm gonna talk about that a little bit later in the show. Yes, sir. All right, and the other guy, he is the pride of Washington, Pennsylvania. He also doubles as the assistant athletic director at the Trinity High School, and your part-time lunch lady. Here he is, the pride of Washington, Pennsylvania, the one, the only, the money man, Scotty D. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you and you. You're not in the Christmas spirit, I am. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Come on, man, it is... It is holiday time. Do you and have a, do you have any snow up there to even celebrate, or is it just cold and miserable? It's cold. Uh, it's actually not too bad, but uh, there is a, a a big front sweeping across the country here. I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna brush us a little bit here in Western Pennsylvania. It's not gonna crush us, but uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. I gotta be white. Dreaming of a white white boy Christmas. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. You got, got nothing for that, huh? We're, we're, we're already way off the rails. Eddie Cool, please Amtrak this thing. All right. I'm going to go ahead and Amtrak. I'm going to go ahead and Amtrak it if I can talk. And I'm going to jump right into it or hop, as I used to say, into it. The top of the order. All right. Let's get this thing started. Here it is, the top of the order. Fellas, we literally have like a handful of games left in the NFL regular season. It just seems like the other day the season started. It's like, where, where, where did it go? Unless you're the Rams, you won't make the playoffs, and you're the Texans, you're mathematically eliminated, and they almost gave Scotty D's Cowboys a scare, but we'll get to that later. The question I pose this week, gentlemen, what team had the biggest win of the weekend? And what team desperately needs one next weekend? Scotty D, what say you? The biggest win of the weekend, I think I'm going to defer to my, my friends on this one because there's a pretty big one for one of our favorite teams here. And I'm not talking about the Cowboys. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave one on the board that maybe you guys might want to pick a little low hanging fruit off of. Um, yeah, I was gonna say you want you want me to just jump into it. And you gonna you gonna piggyback or what, how you want to do? Yeah, if, if you're if you're if you're I, feeling I I mean, there's a couple there's a couple that were pretty. Go ahead, be like I'll, I'll let you go I, ahead and jump. I got a I got a clear cut one because this right here. Um, let's just compare. Let's just compare blind comparison. Um, both of these quarterbacks were drafted late in the draft, one in the sixth round, one in the seventh round. Um, one of them just so happens to have um, seven Super Bowl rings, 
while one of them is a rookie this year and the third string quarterback on their team. Um, one of these, um, on one of these quarterbacks since recently divorced and maybe playing a little bit better, division leader and everything. One of these just got thrown into the game first start of his entire career. Who would you think seven Super Bowls or zero Super Bowls? Who would you think would have the upper hand? You would think the guy with seven Super Bowls has the upper hand. You would think. Ladies and gentlemen, you are absolutely absolutely dead freaking wrong. Because allow allow me to introduce to you Mr. Irrelevant, the new starting quarterback for these San Francisco 49ers, Brock Purdy. When I say Mr. Irrelevant, I mean the very last person picked in the NFL draft. And the San Francisco 49ers came out and mollywhopped Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 35 to 7. If y'all don't think the 49ers are real, this is as real as it gets. It does not matter who's behind center. Mm. These dudes are here to play, and I would not want to face them at any given point of time in this postseason. And they're coming. How did D.I. Sanders say it? They're coming. They're coming with that. They're coming with that. With that, that, and I'm bringing Louie. I'm bringing CMC. I'm bringing Debo Samuel. I'm bringing bringing that defense. That win against Tampa Bay resonates. I wouldn't want to face the 49ers this postseason. I don't. As a Cowboy fan, that's the last team I want to see. And and, and it is big for for the reason you said, because I was not expecting this quarterback to play that well. I actually thought the Tampa Bay was had a really good chance to win that game. I picked them to win that game, and it wasn't even close. It was, <laughs> it, it, I mean, the 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 Niners are clicking on all cylinders. I mean, McCaffrey had 119 yards and touchdown on only 14 carries. I think Debo got hurt. That might have been a mistake to have him uh, playing as maybe as much as he did, but. Um, Oh man, they, they they look good defensively. They look they they got Brandon Ayuk's another weapon. Kittle's still there. They they're running, and this kid's just getting the ball. To the, he looked poised and and confident. Oh, it was so bad that they took Brady off the TV. And it yeah. Was, yeah, it, it was, and, and that's probably never happened before. I would imagine, unless Brady had been so far ahead in a, in a Patriots blowout of years past that they would have maybe moved to another game. But it opened the door for a pretty big win for your team. One of the biggest wins of the weekend was the Panthers, who are now suddenly only a game behind with four very winnable games coming down the stretch. Um, Man, if only we didn't pull our helmet off in the end zone, we might be in a tie. We'd have a top first place tie. I mean, seriously, I mean, that is a joke, but that is absolutely true right there. That could have that could have been. It, it been right there, and the, and your and your team, we thought was left for dead. You fired your coach. You traded your best receiver. You traded your best player, basically, and cut the guy that you you signed for to be your opening day quarterback. Unbelievable! Much credit, and and Eddie, go ahead and talk about your coach, man. You've been you've been uh, humping for this guy for a month now. Hashtag keep. Steve Wilkes. Wilkes. Keep him. Keep him. Keep Steve Wilkes. I mean, these guys are playing night and day football from when Matt Rule was there to the time from the time he left, and and now Steve Wilkes has taken over. Gone is Christian McCaffrey. Gone is Baker Mayfield. Gone is Robbie Anderson. You figure after Christian McCaffrey would have left, all it's over with, they're down in the tubes. But the Panthers are playing some very, very, very inspired football to the to the point to where we are second place, even though the division is, you know, the drizzling poops. <laughs> but we are second place. People's like, ah, oh, man, maybe you should take it. Go get a quarterback. I mean, it's damn near identical to the 49ers, but from a talent standpoint, the 49ers got us. There ain't no, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We putting people on the center. 
I mean, we went with PJ Walker, and now the reemergence of Sam Darnold. He's back. <laughs> well, one like, thing I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this because like, I saw something in this company like, interest. Brady Christensen has said after this victory that Steve Wilson's initiated what is called the Arby's package, where they have eight offensive linemen in the game. He says, we have the meats. And they <laughs> rededicated to the run. And Deontay Foreman is that dude. Chubba Hubbard is that And, man, I'm loving it. We dominated the um the time of possession, 39-plus minutes. It is very hard to lose a football game when you have the ball two-thirds of the game. And, man, I, I love every bit of that. You, Scotty D., you're absolutely right. That was a big victory. I just, you know, I, I don't want to be a homer all the time, but I love it. I like on, it. I on love the it. road, on the road, nonetheless, against a team that is fighting for their own division. Wasn't like the Seahawks uh, are on cruise control, have nothing to play for. They, they, they needed that win. That was a big yes, loss for them as it was a win for Carolina. And who would have thought that it's actually realistic to think that a month from now, the Dallas Cowboys could be traveling to Charlotte to play a playoff game. Would we have ever thought that at any point before this week, that that is a possibility. It is a, a, a realistic possibility that Carolina could win that division and host a playoff game. And it would be the Cowboys because they're yep. still, they're still trying to catch the Eagles, which is be, gonna be tough be. to do because the Eagles are soaring right now. Eagles have already clinched the playoffs, mind you, at 12 and 1. And and you're absolutely right. The fact that the Cowboys, they would be the first wild card. They would face the number four, the the worst um division champion, which would come no doubtedly from the NFC South. And oh my goodness. God. Um any, any um big wigs out there that listen to the uh, podcast, um, th- that would be a great Christmas present if it would be Cowboys versus Panthers in Charlotte. Can, can y'all somebody secure three tickets for us? Real Travel quick, real quick. I, I swear, I don't even care. Bad, good, indifferent. That would just be a just be great to go to. The three man, but yeah, that. Uh, we shall see. It is very, very possible. But speaking, we talked about and we're and we're already diving into it. The teams that needed a win this week and didn't get one. How about this coming week? Who needs a win the most? Eddie Cool, how about you? What what you say? Who who needs a win the most in your eyes? The Minnesota Vikings. Hmm. Reason being because that was a bad loss against a surging Detroit Lions team. The Detroit Lions, they are playing a whole lot better than advertised. Maybe the biting of the knee philosophy has finally set in. I tell you what. Maybe it has set in. I don't know what. Penny Sewell, big, <laughs> he can't catch big boy, running off the line, catching first downs, trickeration and special teams. Their whole I'm gonna say I'm gonna record and say this. Be live said a few years back, or was it last year? Be live that the Lions would win the division. I, I said that a couple of years ago. I was a little, little before my time, but it would it would take a miracle yeah. for them because they're four games behind. But Detroit now does own the tiebreaker, so Minnesota would have to lose all four of their games, and Detroit would have to win all four of them get for their games for Detroit to take the division. But yet, yeah, Minnesota. Let's put it this way. Minnesota is 10 and 3, and they are minus one in the point differential. <laughs> that means they're winning, they're winning close games, but the games that they're losing, they're getting blown out. That's and why so- they that's why they desperately need to win next week, because that's not a good look. That's not a good look. You're supposed to play up to your competition, not down to your competition with all that talent they got. And so yeah, that could very. I mean, no, it's one of those things we talked about before where nobody fears the Vikings. No, nobody does. Yeah, they were they were underdogs in this game, 
And that's the second time. Remember when they when the when the Cowboys played them, the Cowboys were coming off of a loss at Green Bay, were favored in Minnesota. And I remember thinking, man, Minnesota's gonna be really angry. And the Cowboys blew them out of their own, out of, out of the own stadium. Yep. And the same thing happened to them this week where they just got they got smoked. And the, you wonder why would they have been uh, an underdog in, in that game against Detroit? They're the, they're leading the division, but Detroit is playing as good as anyone right now. Five and one in their last six games. They yep. I mean, and, and if you watch watch them and I watch a little bit of the game, it's legit. They're playing good football. They really are. It's not just like, you know, they, they got a little bit hot and it's, Scored some lucky, had some lucky breaks. They're playing really good football. So, you know, it, it, sometimes it takes a little while to gel, but they're gelling pretty pretty well. I mean, I, I'm impressed because it, earlier in the season, I thought this is typical Detroit, but I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit impressed with that. We do have some commonalities, though. We're second place in our divisions, all right, in our respective divisions. They're six and seven in second place in the NFC North, and we're five and eight, second place in the NFC South. Well, circle your date on the calendar. Christmas Eve, Battle of the Cats, the Detroit Lions, and the Carolina Panthers. <sighs> Twelve days away, man. Um, I know a friend of mine is actually looking to go to that game, and bro, that would be a good Christmas present. Um, but, but speaking of, of uh, Scotty D, what what um what was your who needs to win the most? What say you? Uh, I, I look at Sunday at four twenty-five. Tennessee and the and the L.A. Chargers. Tennessee really needs a win to get back on track because they are slipping now. They still have a, a a pretty good standing in their division, but they are they are not looking very good. So actually, either of those teams really need a win. But the Sunday night game is a rematch from the tie of of a week ago: the Giants and the Commanders. And this one's going to be in Washington. And I think this one's going to go Washington's way. And this is almost a, an elimination game. If, 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 if you lose this one and you fall to seven, six, and one, uh, these other teams are getting hot around you. Carolina, Detroit, they're, they're moving up. Um, Seattle still, still has some fight left in them. It's, you know, the, it, it seems like the Cowboys have a pretty good hold on that top wildcard spot. So there, there's this other bunch up going on behind them. But Washington's playing really well, and I, I hey, got to show some love. My, my our, our boy Joey is back. Listen to us again. He 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 said he needed a little shout, a little love from from the sports pros. So old Joey buckets in the Washington area. Yeah, your your team's playing good, man. They they had a bye week this week, but they've been playing really well. And uh, I kind of I kind of think that the Giants are they're I don't like the trajectory they're on right now. I think Washington gets them this time. So what was it? Um, hail to the Redskins, no name football team commander. Potato skins. <laughs> oh man, another callback to the episode. <laughs> the dog oh, potato man. skins. Scotty D, I do agree with you, and there is a reason why. Because the Tennessee Titans lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and if you had Trevor Lawrence in your on your fantasy team. I had him on my bench, but it doesn't matter because um, I still pulled out um, dubs where I needed them. I'm in I'm in the playoffs of four of my five leagues. I just need something not to happen tonight, and I'll be in the playoffs of all five of my leagues. I digress. But now Jacksonville owns the um, tiebreaker against Tennessee. And Jacksonville is only two games behind, and their tra- trajectory is on the up and yes. up. They are playing good football. Trevor Lawrence is looking like that gunslinger we've been waiting on him to to be all Rosalie to dabble. Yes, sir. Um, Tennessee has got a tough road ahead of them. Like I said, they got the Chargers coming up, and the Chargers look look like they're supposed to. They're getting healthy at the right time. Mike Williams is doing his thing, all Rosalie to dabble. My man, I apologize, but it, it is what it is, man. Even Amari Rogers, he went to Houston to do this thing. All roads lead to that. My bad. All right, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Oh boy, here we go again. I, I, oh, I tell you, there, there, there are a handful of teams that really need wins. I mean, as I look at more of the games across the board, because you got Detroit and the Jets, two teams going in opposite directions. Yep. You got Miami and Buffalo, kind of the same thing. Miami already has a game 
on Buffalo. Miami coming off of a loss. Is it two losses? I think. Yeah. Two losses in a row, and they're going to Buffalo. I mean, that's a Saturday night game. We're in this in the part of the year where you get Saturday NFL uh, a couple, a couple games. I think there's three games on Saturday this week. Ooh, so yeah, games. man, this is a, this is going to be a very pivotal, interesting week in the NFL all across the board. We get uh, yeah, we get three games this coming Saturday, and then the following Saturday, most of the games are on Saturday because it's Christmas Eve. It's only I think there's only like three games on Christmas Day on Sunday. Um, but yeah. The, and the thing with Tennessee, again, they got the Chargers, then they got the Texas. Texas should be an easy win. You know, I'm not super proud of that one. I'm not super proud of it. You know, Dak didn't look great, but he did actually at the, at the right time. And then pull, pull yeah. out the victory. But, yeah, yeah, but you know what? It's the NFL and the other guys, even with one win, they get paid too. So every once in a while, you're going to have an off day and a, and a team will seemingly have your number. And, and it, frankly, I, I agree with Dak Prescott. What he said after the game is this type of game does more for you than blowing a team out like they did against the Colts last week. I mean, what do you learn from that? What do you gain from that? This this is a game that they were tested and they needed to dig deep to win this game. And, How many and, times are you going to use that excuse, though? It's not an excuse. That's, it is true. I mean, you. Well, there's Dal- no excuse. They won. They won. There's no excuse. Dallas, Dallas uses that line more than I've ever heard in my entire life from any other team. This is this game showed us who we really are and what we need to do to improve. Dude, no, no, I'm not. I'm not saying it showed I, who they are. What? No, they, but, I know what you, you're you saying. Need, you need to be tested once in a while. You do need to be tested. And that's, stop being tested. Stop playing sloppy football. That's I agree I, with that a thousand yeah, that, percent. That's what. Yeah. That's what I'm that's the point I'm coming across with. You can't keep saying, Oh, this is shows that, yeah, that I get what you're trying to say, but stop yeah, playing soccer football. Jack. <laughs> that's the problem. But then, like I said, Tennessee also after the Texas date now play the Cowboys after that, and then they go, then they go to Jacksonville for the last game of the season. Tennessee could easily lose three of these last four and be they sitting could. outside of the playoffs. They need to beat the Chargers, they mm-hmm. need to. Yeah, you know who really blew it? I'm going to tell you. It, I, I am very, very disappointed. Did you see how the Thursday night game ended? The, Ra- the, the Vegas Raiders. <laughs> this year, they lost to a team. Not only did they lose to a team, <sighs> had a different head coach from one Sunday to the next. They lost to a quarterback who didn't learn the plays until Tuesday or Wednesday. Now, if you can get past Baker Mayfield, you get the Patriots at home at the Steelers who are reeling 49ers, probably a loss chiefs in the final game of the season in a game that might mean nothing to the Chiefs. So the Raiders had a chance here to, to make a move after having won three in a row and, and they go out and they, they, for the fourth time this year, they blew a 13 point lead. They don't deserve playoffs. They don't deserve that. Josh McDaniels doesn't deserve a check. He should have to give the check back. Say, you know what? Yeah, Baker Mayfield beat me. He couldn't beat anybody in Carolina. They're winning without him. We get it against us, and he beats us on two days of preparation. Yeah, I'm not going to take my check this week. You don't deserve it. That's it's crap, Vegas. Well, I, 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 I've said it once and I've said it before. <laughs> here we go. Josh McDaniels, here you go. <laughs> Mr. Wearing my hat inside the visor. Grown men wear hats. You look like your mom dressed you. You're dressed like a dog on a 12-year-old. You poo, poo. You're playing like poo. You let a guy on two days notice come in and beat you south, drive down the field. And then one of the dumbest, then one of the dumbest calls during that drive was when the linemen from the Raiders knocked the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hands. Yeah, why are you the, doing that? The Raiders are atrocious. They're bad. They're horrible. They're undisciplined. Josh McDaniels, your ass got to go. Your ass got to go. But, fellas, but before we go any further about the National Football League, let's go ahead and put a cap on that because coming up next, let's talk a little Heisman Trophy talk. Caleb Williams won the Heisman. You hear what we got to say about that right here next on the Sports Bros Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, orthodontists, pediatricians, GMs, 
AGMs, KMs, and traffic cops. This is the Be Live Top One 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 One, the Heisman Edition. There can only be one when it comes to the Heisman, and it had to go to somebody. <laughs> it was almost a year of who, who, who actually wants it. And man, the last game of the season, championship weekend, right? And then the week prior to that, didn't see too many people that really wanted it. I actually want to, because we know who won it, Caleb Williams, and I believe he deservedly won it. But the only problem that I have with Caleb Williams winning it is that he won it almost by default because a lot of people fell along the wayside. And I want to feature those people. <laughs> I'm going to surprise my two fellas with the Be Live top five of guys that deserve the Heisman but got bit by the injury bug. Coming in at number five, Bryce Young. Man, Bryce Young was already on that trajectory with Alabama. He was doing the same thing he was doing the previous season. Yes, they had that. Um, had his struggles a little bit here and there, but he was already he was on that trajectory. He was that same dude he was last year. And then the injury bug hit him. He was out for three games. And then Alabama, just, I mean, he ended up coming back, but they still lost those two games with him at the helm. Bryce Young, if he didn't get injury, what could have been, what could have been to Alabama season? We will never know. Number four, Blake Coral. We know that the Heisman does not normally go to running backs, but if there was a running back that deserved it this year, it would have been Blake Corm until he got hurt two games left in the season, and we never really got to see a full, complete season. And so, therefore, his um, Heisman stock dropped and put him down. He got um, ended up being seventh in the vote, not getting invited at end. But Blake Corum is that dude, and you're going to see him on Sundays without a shadow of a doubt. And you know what? I wish him the very best. Coming in at number three, not injury prone, but man, what happened in the ACC championship? What happened the week prior in rivalry week? Drake May. I hyped this dude up in one of my previous my previous Heisman top five. I had him at number one because nobody was talking about him. And then he lays an egg against NC State. And then he absolutely, well, I mean, this Clemson all those lead to dabble. Oh, yeah. He, he wasn't beating us in the ACC championship. No way. There he go. There here we here we go with this who is we stuff. But man, Drake made what could have been, but he's the front. He, is he a freshman or a sophomore? I think he's a sophomore. I think he, or he registered or something like that. But he's got plenty of eligibility left. I don't know why he had to come back to declare that he was staying at Carolina. I don't even understand that at all because he still wasn't eligible for the NFL. But the transfer portal is crazy. Oh. Whatever. Whatever. It is what it is. Coming in at number two. Once again, in the in, in the world of running backs, should be considered more Bijan Robinson of Texas. God, this dude is a force to be reckoned with, and we were looking for we I, it, we just didn't get to see a full season from him, and we just didn't see enough production from Texas. But Bijan Robinson was that dude that he was the shining star on that. Um, on that team, Quinn Ewers being their quarterback, he's got a bright future as well. You're going to see them talk about him and our uh, future Heisman as well. But B. John Robinson, I hope to see him. Uh, he's definitely you're going to see him on Sundays as well. But number one, above and beyond number one, when it comes to Heisman hopefuls that got bit by the injury bug, and it had to be done against them pesky. Game chickens, them coots. Game cock, sir. Get it right. <laughs> I'll never say it. 
Hendon Hooker of Tennessee. God, I I thought he he was the one that people wanted to handle. But yeah, lost to Kenna just did not help things, and now he's out for the season. I wanted I wanted to see Tennessee at full strength, but now we get to see the future of Tennessee. All roads lead to Dabo. At the end of the day, Caleb Williams proved to the world <laughs> why. What's that? What's that cool quarterback name again? That who, who is he? Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rat Rattlesnake. Yes, <laughs> that bitch all on the ass. Yes. <laughs> we bit ourselves in the ass. We gave y'all that game. A little fumble, uh, fumble on the safety. Focus, return. focus, oh, so, focus. So, so. Sorry. He, can't, he can't help it. He can't help it. He can't help it. Damn near three weeks and he still sees there's, it. There's a, there's a reason why Spencer Rattler got benched at Oklahoma and it was by Kayla Williams. And now he is your Heisman winner. You, you know, I had a jug jug at some point in time. I don't give a Spencer Rattler. I'm sorry. So, fellas, what say you about the Heisman? You know, I didn't watch him play Caleb Williams much this year. And I started picking up a little bit on the hype train towards the end of the season. Because, B-Live, when we talked about uh, the Heisman five uh, a few weeks ago, he didn't come up. You know, we even had, uh, what was it, Bo Nix was in our discussion. We had, you know, C.J. Stroud. We talked about all these guys, but this guy didn't come up. And I guess it's just that part of that East Coast bias. You know, we see more East Coast games than than we do in the West Coast. Personally, I think that's what it was. But I did watch the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, against Utah, and this kid looked on fire until he sustained an injury, and then he just went out there and played his heart out anyway. He, I mean, he he gave everything he had. He left it all on the field, and he looked to me like a, a, a like like a caliber athlete that you'd want on your team, even on even on an NFL team going forward. And I think he's not eligible yet. He's going to come back and play another year, so maybe he gets another crack at another Heisman and and uh, getting into the playoffs next year. But uh, from what I saw, him, he certainly looked really good. I can't, you know, I, I can't really say i agree or disagree with with him up against the competition but he certainly seems like a worthy candidate from what i saw well at the time and here's the reason why we didn't talk about it once again yeah the east coast bias but at the time bo nix was playing better on football oregon was on fire when we um only like they shook it off that very bad loss to georgia they were on fire they were leading the Pac-12, and Bo Nix was the better quarterback at the time. Then when that they went through their little struggle and Southern Cal emerged, that, that's when we really got to see um, Caleb Williams. And at the end of the day, I think out of all the selections, I would have liked to see Max Dugan, um, Duggan, Dugan, I don't know how you pronounce it, T- that dude left everything on the field during that Big 12 championship. I was rooting for him. Wow. And he he got the second most votes, and I think he got that off the backs of that Big Twelve championship game. Oh yeah, he played himself into the conversation for sure in that game. Absolutely. So he was he was right. No, he he got the second most votes, and I think that was solely off of that game. He put himself on the map, and I hope to see big things from him as well. Eddie, cool. What say you about um, the quarterback that's better than Spencer Rattler? <laughs> hey, there is no doubt, man. I'm not going to sit here and cap and sugarcoat. Um, he is better than Spencer Rattler. He is talented, and like you said, he's the reason why Spencer Rattler is in South Carolina. Thank you. In the words, of, uh, <laughs> in the words of uh, Chad Gable, we finally got a good damn quarterback. Even though he had to come at the cost of you losing your job. Um, at first, I was like, you know what? Mm, I don't know, but I went back and kind of watched some film. I was like, you know what? There's a reason why he's a starting quarterback at USC. And then there's a reason why, you know, he's the man that won that led to the Heisman. Can't deny it. Can't deny it. One, none whatsoever. I thought at one point it was CJ Stroud's award to lose, but that Michigan game didn't do him any favors. And it just um for some strange reason, man, it, it just fell apart with CJ Stroud. I mean, I live in Ohio and I get to see it all the time. And I'm just like, you remember when Joe Burrow had that moment against uh what was it, Alabama when he won mm-hmm. it? When he had that moment, um, C.J. Stroud didn't have that moment. You got to have those moments and those yep. games to win that award. And a lot of Heisman, you know, the candidates, they really didn't have that moment. Unless you talk he, about he, a, he needed to beat Michigan. 
And he now, lost. He lost to him twice. It, it would. It would almost be. It would almost be. I think. Do you think if Matt some Duggan wins against Kansas State, that that might have gotten him to Heisman? Uh, I, no, I don't. I think. I think. Right. At that point, I think at that point, uh, it, it elevated him just into the conversation. But I think Caleb Williams is already pretty much okay. at, at that point yep. in the foregone conclusion of the voters' minds. Right. Yeah. Okay. That. That is true. Oh, Scotty D. Um, I know we're moving around uh a lot of tops and everything, but uh you guys got a wide receiver real quick. Um, you signed a wide receiver by the name of T. Y. Hilton. Your thoughts on that? Uh we decided to, well, I mean the, the OBJ uh walking the red carpet through Dallas, the the blockbuster was about as much of a flop as Black Adam at the uh, block when it comes to a blockbuster. <laughs> and he was just not ready. To play, even though we hyped him, everybody hyped him into being ready to play, and so quietly, Ty Hilton took that roster spot. Uh, I don't know how good he's going to be. I mean, but I'm interested to see Ty Hilton. His performances dropped the last couple of years, but that was kind of as a top receiver, number one or two guy with Dallas. He just has to go out and catch a couple balls. So, yeah, I like that sign. All right. With that being said, fellas, looking at my phone, guess what time it is? What time is it? What's happening? What? What's really going on? Oh, I'm glad you answered the time once again for our favorite portion of the show, the choices of the voices. With that being said, hey, old button, hit it. Choices of the voices coming right back at you right here on the Sports Bros Podcast. And now our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices. Once again, thank you to the wonderful and back away, Scotty D. Ever. Gotcha. So lovely, Miss Butter, for introducing <laughs> our favorite portion of the show, The Choices of the Voices. Man, you know how we do it. It's 180 plus episodes in. We ask the question. You give us the answers. Uh, B-Live gives it to me via phone because uh, I'd be busy. I'd be working on Mondays. But nevertheless... The choices of the voices. We're going to get into it. But before we do that, Scotty D, what's on tap this week for the choices of the voices? Very simply, along the lines of the Heisman Trophy weekend, we asked, who's your all-time favorite Heisman Trophy winner? And uh, before we before B-Live starts rattling off all of his favorite Clemson Heisman Trophy winners, let's see what the people had to say here. You dirty... <laughs> <laughs> All roads lead to Dabo. All right, what we got? Oh, oh. <laughs> you know that's a sore subject. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure what you're talking about. I guess you all said, but uh, anyway. Mm. All right, let's go ahead and hop into it, shall we? All right, we got Mark Olds. He says Herschel Walker for president. I mean Heisman. Herschel Walker <laughs> winning the Heisman. Despite what you think about him politically, uh, before we went on air, I said, fellas, I went and watched some Herschel Walker highlights. Him playing football in the NFL and college, absolute beast. So, uh, yeah, we got one for number 34, the Bulldog himself, Herschel Walker. All right. Brian Lavelle, he said Vincent Bo Jackson, of course. Uh, Vincent, I mean, yeah, Bo Jackson, RIP to Vincent Jackson. Um, Bo Jackson played a bunch of sports, broke a baseball bat, crossed his knee, and he was an all-around man's man. So one for Bo Jackson. Josh Becker, he said, it's Reggie Bush. That's it. Any other answer is wrong, 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 wrong. <laughs> In the words of the almighty B-Live. Jeremy Williams, he said, I mean, Barry Sanders was my favorite all-time running back, so he's going to roll with Barry. Oklahoma State University. The best name in the game, JoJo Comfort. I have to go with Bo Jackson. This may be an overused phrase, but there is potential for fireworks every time he touched the ball. His skill set was ridiculous. He'd run over defenders or pass them at the drop of a hat. So that's two for Bo Jackson. Brandon Chestnut, he said Reggie Bush, one of a kind. And Tony Bogan said RG3. In my mind, it was unexpected for a Baylor athlete to come close to winning such a prestigious award, let alone being in contention for it. So uh, we got some pretty good answers. So shout out to Mark. Brian, Joe, 
Jeremy Williams, the best name in the game, JoJo Comfort, Brandon Chestnut, and TB, Tony Bogan, for their participation in this week's Choices of the Voices. Scotty D, what say you? A lot of, I like, I liked almost all those. Um, for me, as I mentioned last week, the ultimate is a guy who wins the Heisman Trophy and a national championship for the University of Pittsburgh in the following year as a rookie wins the Super Bowl for the Cowboys. Thing is, in 1976, I was four. So I really can't say I sat and watched a whole lot of Tony Dorsett games playing for Pitt. You know, as a historian of sports, or, you know, football historian, guy who loves football sports from the beginning of time. You know, he's he's kind of my my ultimate ultimate guy when it comes to to Heisman winners. But going what I saw, because of growing up in the 80s, I didn't watch really a lot of Bo Jackson as much as I watched highlights and Herschel Walker and highlights. And and Doug Flutie had one play that won him the Heisman. He threw up a, a crazy pass. Somebody caught it. They won the Heisman. I didn't watch a lot of those guys play, but I did watch a lot of Reggie Bush. And man, that guy was really exciting. He was Head and shoulders, the best guy on the field, I thought, whenever Southern Cal was playing. And that was a team in that era that was stacked with athletes. Southern Cal had a Heisman Trophy winner, Matt Leinart, at the same time as Reggie Bush was on the team. And I thought Reggie Bush. And you think back, they played Notre Dame and had the Bush push. There's a lot of exciting moments. The national championship game against Texas. Reggie Bush, to me, was just always his, his speed and the fact that he could go at any time. Now, I know he had a little shadow and a little give back when it came to that trophy. But I saw him play on the field, and Reggie Bush was fantastic. And B-Live, I've said this before a couple of years ago, for the record, had Deshaun Watson won the Heisman Trophy, as I thought that he should have that year, he would have been my answer, because I still say he was maybe the best college football player I've ever seen. He was he was that good. And he got, he got gypped out of his Heisman, the same way that Larry Fitzgerald got gypped back in 2000, what was it, two, and they gave that Josh White kid for Oklahoma. Anyway, I I digress. Be live. Who you got? Well, I I appreciate you taking the time to let the people know that Deshaun Watson got robbed, and that would easily been my answer. Easily would have been my answer. Um, Lamar Jackson. I mean, he was dynamic, but he, I mean the the they were eight and four that year. Clemson was doing damage, and then did the unthinkable. In the um, college football playoff, putting over 400 yards against that Alabama defense. That's I mean, and they played head to head. Did they play head to head? Yes, Louisville and Clemson. And yeah, and Clemson, Clemson won. won. Yeah, that's just so. I, 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 that's that's why it's a sore subject that you brought up. It's okay. <laughs> all right, all right. But bam, a whole lot of hollering going on there. I'm I'm very I'm very surprised. I'm very disappointed that this man did not get mentioned and but I, I get it I get it it's a little bit controversial for some but the most exciting first I've ever seen went to Heisman I'm, I'm just going to lead up with some of their accolades one of them in particular this would have been um, on December 4th of 2010 he led his team to an SEC championship by defeating the game chickens of South Carolina, fifty-six to seventeen, <laughs> beat the brakes off of them. They finally made it to an SEC championship and got Molly Watt. <laughs> and he goes on to become the number one draft pick of our favorite team. Led them to a 15 and 1 season, got us to the Super Bowl. As Scotty D has already done, Superman, dab on him, Cameron Jarrell Newton. Come on, bro. He was exciting on the field, bro. I mean, for playing for Auburn, I just had to bring up that Molly Whopper of South Carolina. You just. Absolutely not. I should have changed my damn background. (laughs) I wish I had the background where everybody was doing the Sam Sandstorm and you probably (laughs) flip on camera and I would have put it on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. All he did during the SEC championship was pass for 335 yards. He was a dual threat. Y'all allowed 335 yards passing and six touchdowns 
by Cam Newton. Y'all, y'all handed him that Heisman. <laughs> we <laughs> nah, Cam Newton was leaps and bounds better than everybody else. Second in that Heisman vote was Andrew Luck, and man, what could have been with him and his career? He was that dude, but man, that year Cam Newton came. He had he had that one opportunity. He had after the debacle with Florida, the stolen laptop, but then won a national championship at JUCO. He came back with Auburn and took the league, took the world by force. And yeah, as a diehard Carolina Panther fan, he's going to be my favorite Heisman ever. And then just a little, the thing about it is, I didn't even remember that championship game. I was just doing a little research. I was like, oh. <laughs> All right, so oh. Um, I'll go next. Uh, <laughs> I'll go next because I'm, um, um, yeah, see what you just, you just, you just, you just, you just, you just, y'all know, won some national championships. A lot of us, these last handful of years, you lose one time. You it all goes down here. Oh my God. <laughs> y'all, y'all keep ragging on me. I'm just saying every day somebody got something to say. I'm like, all right, cool. Hey, I'm don't make me, hey, don't make me cut a promo like Ricky Starks, MJF, all right? <laughs> Don't make me cut a promo. <laughs> you smell like paint in her ass. Hilarious. Uh, <laughs> was, uh, hilarious. Oh, man, one of the best promos of all time. All right, with that being said, I'll go ahead and go. Um, I'm going to have to say Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush just put the world on its ear during his campaign, and I was like, you know what? There ain't no way in hell that he's coming back for another season in Southern Cal. Literally, like, put. I mean, he was – what was there that Reggie Bush could not do? What was the what was what, what, what could he not do? I know that was grammatically incorrect, but y'all know what the hell I mean. Mm-hmm. He, he, he did it all. Reggie Bush did everything: return punts, catch the ball out the backfield, run in between the tackles, run outside. He was just Reggie Bush was a complete package. And I will say, watching Reggie Bush that season was extremely magical. Was magical. I mean, he turned around and, you know, got drafted in the NFL and dated a Kardashian and got a Super Bowl ring and slipped and fell and hurt his knee. But, uh, you know, he turned out I mean, pretty he, good. He was a good pro, but he was an outstanding college player. Oh, yes, yes. One of, one of the best to ever do it. Um, hashtag give him his Heisman back. I was about to say because – Every, I was really about to say because um, I was about to throw all of y'all in the penalty box because y'all picked the man who doesn't have the Heisman. But it's <laughs> yeah, he he, he absolutely the thing about it is he absolutely deserves it. It's one, of, but here's the thing: he, he, we get, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that um gray area. If he deserves his Heisman back, doesn't Barry Bonds deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? And, the and, what, and Pete Rose. The the landscape has changed. Reggie Bush would if if Reggie Bush would be playing now, he'd be a Heisman because it's allowed now to make money off of your name. At the time, it wasn't. He broke the rule. So how how does that sit when you say because he? I mean, technically, he's not a Heisman. Winner. Yeah, I ain't going by that on this show. <laughs> I saw I saw him play and I saw him get the trophy. So there you go. That's what I saw. Oh man, I, that's what you know. What that's why I love it here because you know what that ain't our job to get into all that um, politics right. and stuff like that. The man was a beast on the field, and yeah. And, and speaking of beast, shout out to Derrick Henry because when that dude was running the ball, he was he was a beast in college too. He was he was just he was a beast. A, a, it was a monster. He, yeah, yeah was, and high school was just every, everywhere. Everywhere. He had like fourteen thousand yards or something. <laughs> and he ran in the first quarter and then had to sit because he had already scored five times. <laughs> and, if, uh, he's still a beast against grown yeah. men, but yeah, Derek. I, I, I was always a fan of Derrick Henry too at Alabama. When when it comes to Derrick Henry, I advise anybody. Number one, go watch some Herschel Walker highlights. Not the political highlights, but the football highlights. Let's just, <laughs> let's just get this straight right now. Go watch some Herschel Walker highlights from the NFL's NFL season. Um, and then after that, go watch some Derrick Derek Henry high school highlights. Are you, man, what? Are you serious? A man among boys back then. 
yeah. in, in high school, just back straight up, just running. I swear him and Herschel Walker had the same running style. They they really had the same running style. With that being said, Scotty D, what's on tap next week for Choices of the Voices? Oh, yeah. So next week will be our final episode of the year, I believe, right? Yeah, next week we'll, uh, yep. we'll be doing our year-end episode. And we'll be doing a little bit of a wrap-up. Um, this is kind of a easy... E- easy question. You don't have to give a lot of thought into it, but we talked about it earlier, how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just got shellacked on Sunday and Tom Brady got pulled off of national television. It, it got me wondering now that he is free from Giselle and she's off dating Pete Davidson or whoever she's dating. I think Pete Davidson dates everybody, but now that he's free of Giselle, do we think Brady might actually want to come back another year and try to get this right one more time. Or do we think this is really it for Tom Brady? Yes or no. Brady's last month of football. And that's going to give us something to talk about on our final episode of 2022. I don't want to talk about that. I'm going to talk about it. I won't. You can take the week off. You can take the week off. Because I just want to make sure I get it right when we talk about Tom, Edward, Patrick, oh, I didn't Michael, think that through Jabril, before. I... <laughs> Henry, Michael, Derek, Herschel Walker, Warner. And in closing. The third. <laughs> we got a whole segment to go. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. All right. With that being said, uh, that's what we talk about next week for the choices of the voices. Coming up next, we got a round of pepper. And no one's here sneezing. Good thing. Take your cold medicine. You'll be good to go. Pepper, coming up next, right here on Sports Bowls Podcast. Okay, boys, let's bring it home with a round of pepper. Well, it's time for us to go home and get what I call the hell up out of here. But before we go, we're going to do a round of pepper. You know how to do it. Three topics, rapid fire style, kind of sort of not really here to engage, enlighten, educate, and entertain. And with that being said, I'll go first. On this day in history, back in 1936, the National Football League Championship in the Polo Grounds of New York City. The Green Bay Packers defeat the Boston Redskins 21-6. It's the Packers' fourth title, and after that, the Redskins, they moved to Washington, D.C. for the 1937 season. Yep, from Boston to D.C., and they still, well, they've done pretty good for themselves and going through a name change and a crazy <laughs> owner. Over to you, Scotty D. All right, on December the 6th at age 85, Mills Lane passed away. And if you don't know who Mills Lane is, he was a boxing legend. Not so much for his career in the ring, which he was actually had a professional record of 10 and 1, but his career, I guess I should say, in the ring as an official. He was a referee who did many, many, many championship fights. He was a former Marine. He was a professional boxer. And then he got into, in the 70s, became a, a, a referee. One of his most famous fights was the rematch between Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield, where Tyson bit the ear. And some of the blood was on Mills Lane shirt. And he just went ahead and sold it right off the bat for, uh, <laughs> feels like to a memorabilia collector, just did that right as it happened. He also was a... Um, he passed the or joined the Nevada bar in 1970, which gave him a good reason to have the show, the court TV show, Judge Mills Lane, which was on from 98 to 2001. And he also gained a little bit of fame in the early 2000s on MTV when they had that celebrity deathmatch show. And he was like the the main referee. Mills Lane was a, was a celebrity, but he was also a very respected, respected official. And he was a Hall of Fame uh, inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame in 2013 so just wanted a shout out to a boxing legend a man who seemingly did it all when it came to the sport of boxing be live over to you all right my first pepper point is going to be just a little bit personal but i had to go in i have to i have to do it i thought about making this my third one but I, my third one I, I gotta be off the wall with it. i gotta be comical with it at times this one right here pisses me all the way off oh god Army-Navy game, double overtime. Army ends up winning by a field goal. And it's America's game. It is a rivalry on top of rivals. And we know, we understand that certain places, you have to beat your rival in order to 
keep your job, et cetera, et cetera. This should not be the case in this situation. A double overtime loss costs you your job? The all-time winningest coach in Navy history. And because they lose a double overtime, of course, there's other factors involved. They did, they're not bowl eligible. They um and they haven't won a, um, the Commander in Chief's trophy over Army and Air Force in a few years. But now you choose now, he has one more year left on his contract. Let the man finish his contract. Coach Ken Neuma Tololo of the United States Naval Academy was let go, was fired right after losing in such a devastating fashion. So that's a double gut punch. Sheesh. That's a bad I'm, day. That, and let me t- let me tell you how I when I attended the Naval Academy, we won one game in two years. That's how bad the Naval Academy was in football. And Coach Ken revitalized, well, um, Paul Johnson revitalized the program in 2002. Then he went on to Georgia Tech. And Coach Ken kept going with it. Navy beat Army 14 years in a row, six times under Coach Johnson, eight times under, under Coach Ken. But because of double overtime, let the man finish his contract. That's as absurd. I have to call his name out because I don't like it. Do it. Navy athletic director Chet Gladchuck. I don't even like the. That's three first. That's first. This three first names. Chet. Oh well, Glad is not a really first name, but Chuck. <laughs> Chet. Chet Gladchuck. What kind of name? I don't even like that name. Maybe. Maybe because Chet Gladchuck bet the over. Over two passes thrown, or two passes completed, and, and it cost him money because only one was completed. It, you, the un, the under hit. It, <laughs> on top of that, oh boy, it was a, it was such an unprecedented time because every other school players got fifth year and sixth year. They got regained a year of eligibility during COVID. Academy students don't get that. They're four, they they go to school for four years and then they're gone. They don't redshirt players. They have four years. That's it. And then you go on to fulfill your service obligation. So they, they the academies have way more to deal with when it comes to trying to be competitive with these other schools. You don't fire the man after this. You just it's just it's just bad. It's just wrong. And I I, I won't stand for it. Any cool before I keep pissing me off even more. The ball. Yeah, I always like maybe, Coach Ken. Maybe if I'd have thrown it three times. I swear to God. I, <laughs> I, you know what? I, um, aside from everything, <laughs> I, I, I've always liked Coach Ken. I really like Coach Ken, man. Real real likable guy. Real likable guy. All right, fellas, this next pebble point is um, kind of um, from the files of the world's worst timing. And in the words of Herman Edwards, don't press in. All right. So Dylan Johnson. Mississippi State running back. Um, he said, you know what? Um, I'm leaving. Going to the transfer transfer portal. I've had enough. And um, he's particularly on the way out. He didn't go down quiet. So uh, real quick, Mississippi ranked second to last in rushing yards per game with 78.8 in 2022. And Johnson contributing 89 carries, 488 yards, three touchdowns, along with 48 receptions and 285 yards per the New York Post. And just as I said, Johnson did not go down, <laughs> did not go out quietly. In his letter, <clears throat> I'm going to read a very specific part of it. He said, together you guys have helped build my character and skills tremendously. And with that being said, since I'm not very tough and Mike Leach is glad I'm leaving, I will be entering my name into the transfer portal with the hopes of finding a more fit playing environment for me. Thank you, Dylan Johnson. And speaking of the world's worst timing, Mike Leach is in the hospital right now um, as he's recovering in critical condition, as he's recovering from a massive 
heart attack. Uh, let this be a lesson, everybody. Just because you think it don't mean you need to say it. And in the words <laughs> of Uncle Herman Edwards, don't press sin. Dylan Johnson, this ain't a good look. And over to you, Scotty D. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. Um, just a just quick for my second point. A big, well, actually, it's an abbreviated World Cup minute. Hey, 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 hey. Morocco over Portugal, one nothing. Whoo! What a game. Be live over to you. The first ever African country to make it to the World Cup semifinal. Wow. What a huge, game. huge Woo. victory. Pay Woo. no attention to his sarcasm right now. Because I won't stand for it. It is a monumental victory for Morocco and the continent. Of I will Africa. never forget where I was on the day that Morocco beat Portugal one to nothing. What a game. Be live over to you. So sick of you. <laughs> I will chime in. Minute. <laughs> I'll chime in on the World Cup as well because outside of that monumental victory, all oh, things got ugly in another game between Argentina and the Netherlands. Oh, what a rivalry! Seventeen. Yellow cards. There was also one red card issued because there was an all, it was almost an all out brawl. (laughs) They've been chippy throughout most of the match. There was Mm. one moment of time where um, the foul was called on the field and the um, Argentinian player kicked the ball towards the, um, um, the bench and then the bench is cleared. The bench is cleared in Soccer, football, and man, 17 yellow card. You get a yellow, you get a yellow, you get a yellow, you get a yellow, you get a yellow. Everybody gets a yellow. That is bad sportsmanship, you soccer players. (laughs) And now it is down to four. Man, oh man, I'm looking forward to it. I believe it's Morocco and France. What a classic confrontation. Yeah. Argentina against Croatia. Woo! Sign me up for that one. <laughs> Sign me up. As will- as this as the show is released, Tuesday, 1 p.m. will be um one of the semifinals, and Wednesday, 1 p.m. be on Fox. So the world will be watching. Eddie uh, cool. And me, including me. I'll be I'm watching. Kicking, I'm kicking you. The ball. Kick me the ball. Hopefully, I don't uh, hurt myself like Kyler Murray did as he hurt himself in the first quarter of the game and got carted off the field. Didn't look too good. All right. Speaking of kids and dads and people, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, 20 years ago, St. Mary St. Vincent, took on Oak Hill Academy, and they played each other very hard, very tough. Now, some 20-plus years later, we have the sons of LeBron and Carmelo, Bronny James and Kion Anthony. They're going to lock horns. Matter of fact, they're locking horns as we speak on ESPN2. Bronny James and Sierra Canyon takes on Kion Anthony and Christ the King at Sierra Canyon High School in Chatsworth, California. So... Exactly. Yeah. So we got a high school game on TV uh, on ESPN two, and um, could this be another twenty years of James versus Anthony? We yeah. shall see. Yeah. Over to you, Scotty D. All right. In the final UFC pay per view of the year this past Saturday night, before the fight began, he said the light heavyweight championship is on the line. It is vacant, but it won't be vacant at the end of the night. And that proved to be incorrect because, as I predicted, Magomed Ankalaev won the championship, but no, he actually didn't. He was It was a draw, a majority draw. Uh, former champion Jan Blahovich took on Magomed Ankalaev, and it was a split decision, the third judge giving it a, a 
draw. So now we that moves us into the beginning of the year, and the light heavyweight championship will be decided again with a number one contenders match as Jamal Hill takes on former champ Glover to share. And that's how this the year is going to end for that title being vacant. And starting with it vacant in 2023. Uh, also, the big hype going into that card was Patty Pimblett, the young Irish fighter who was who got a lot of hype. And his fight also did not go all that well. He did get a decision, but it was a lackluster performance. A lot of good fights in that, but um, it was an outstanding year for the UFC. We saw Kamaru Usman go down. We saw Israel Adesanya go down. Lots of great fights. We saw Nate Diaz finish out his UFC contract and right off into the sunset. Lots, lots, lot went on. Amanda Nunez got her title back early in the year. Look forward to another great year of UFC starting in January. Be live. Over to you. Very nice. Third and final pepper point. I'm going to take it to the hardwood myself with the NBA. A um, lot of controversy between the New Orleans Pelicans and the Phoenix Suns. Ooh. Zion Williamson is back. And flashier than ever, the game was out of hand um, this past week between the Suns and the Pelicans. And with um, seconds to go, Zion had the ball by himself and decides to throw down a 360 windmill dunk in front of the home crowd. And the crowd goes wild, and the Phoenix Suns bench goes wild as well because unsportsmanlike conduct. You've already got the win. You don't show up the other team. An unwritten rule. You know how we like unwritten rules. And they were talking and jabbing all this stuff and wanting to fight and all this other stuff. Guess what? You had a chance to shut them up, and you did not because the next game was literally they back-to-back games, and the Suns lost again this time in overtime. <laughs> don't talk about it. Be about it. Put it on the court. Your New Orleans Pelicans are the number one team in the Western Conference. Zion's back, baby. NBA action. Let's get it. Let's go. College action. February 25th. Sports Bros. We're coming to Philly. We got to do it. Yeah, Yeah, baby. And in my last words, we just want to pay respects to the late, great Paul Silas, who passed away um, this past week at the age of 79. Coach of the different teams, including the Charlotte Hornets and the Charlotte Bobcats. Um, prayers out to his family and loved ones during this time, especially during the holiday season. Yep. And then in closing, do something nice for yourself. And if you can, do something nice for someone else. They're greatly appreciated now more than ever. Be a blessing, not a burden. This is the Sports Bros Podcast. Y'all take care. Be live. Get us out of here. Yes, sir. Merry Christmas, y'all. See y'all next week for the last Sports Wolves podcast episode of the year. Not ever, but the year. Thanks for thanks for watching, listening. Love you. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Eddie Cool here from the Sports Bros Podcast. And do you want some more of the Sports Bros Podcast in your life? Wait a minute. Don't answer that. The answer is yes. And I know you want some more of the Sports Bros Podcast in your life. Do us a small favor. Go to the description box, click our link tree link, and you'll see all the links on how to follow the Sports Bros Podcast. Once again, thanks for listening.